to Living Our Breast Lives, episode 24, a podcast not only about two women thriving with metastatic breast cancer, but also self-love, appreciation, and an overall awakening to this beautiful gift we call life. Each episode, we will be focusing on a different theme that will highlight each episode. Please don't forget to not only tune in, but to also subscribe and review. Welcome back, and thank you so much for tuning into our podcast, Living Our Breast Lives. My name is Ren, and today we have yet another packed full episode for you. So before we get started, I'd like to share the most recent news on behalf of our dear friend, Brittany. So recently, um, Brittany had shown progression on her most recent CT scan. She is now having to have surgery in January. Things are kind of all up in the air with her treatment plan, but because of this, She will be prioritizing her health until further notice and stepping away from the podcast. Um, Although she will be missed dearly, you know, her and I, we started this podcast together a little over a year ago and man, just brings a lot of emotions and really great memories. But at the same time, I'm happy she's focusing on herself and her well-being And just, of course, doing what it takes to get back on track. And so I'm feeling many emotions, but at the end of the day, this is exactly what her and I have preached for the past year. It's about putting your health first because everything else comes second. So please, please, please pray for our girl, Brittany. Let's pray that the surgery gives her exactly what she needs with the absolute best outcome. Britt. We know how strong your faith is, and we know God has you and will continue to protect you. And we just love you so much. So anybody who wants to support Brittany, I am collecting all types of donations at this time, whether it's cash donations, gift cards, meal deliveries, et cetera. So please feel free to message me on our Instagram page at Living Our Breast Lives to coordinate if you would like to help out. So while Brittany has made the healthiest decision to walk away from the podcast, when one door closes, another door does always open. And I do have a new co-host stepping in. And I know joining us under these difficult circumstances isn't easy, but I cannot tell you how much this not only means to me, but to all of our loyal listeners to have somebody join in during, you know, a time of change and willingly wanting to continue to fiercely advocate for the NBC community. So let me officially introduce you to Living Our Breast Lives newest edition, Kate. Hi, I am um, first and foremost, very, very thankful to be asked to um, step into some very big shoes. Um, I have just loved listening to you and Brittany for so long. And um, I'm just sending her nothing but prayers uh, for comfort, for good scans, for the best plan for um, her doctors to have um, strength and fortitude and the knowledge to to get her, you know, back on track. And hopeful that I can again fill some really big shoes because she Aww. just did wonderful work. So my heart is is with her first and foremost and her family. Well, we very much appreciate that. And although, like, I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super sad. Um, it's you know, it's gonna be a big change for sure. But I'm also super grateful to you that you're officially joining us today. And it's you know, it just means a lot 
to me, Kate. So I really appreciate you stepping in. And I know you already told our listeners a little bit about yourself on last month's episode. And so to, to kick off the episode, I thought that I would give you the floor so you could share some of your like most recent advocacy work. So you attended the San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium as a patient advocate last week. So could you maybe share, you know, what this was, you know, what that experience was like for you? So just go on ahead and spill the tea. <laughs> so it was my first one, obviously being diagnosed uh, in 2020, it was all virtual. I was very overwhelmed. 2021 was, you know, equally overwhelming about, I focused mostly on my mental health. So this year I was really able to kind of delve more into advocacy. And so being able to go to this event, it is the largest, you know, breast cancer symposium in the world. Um, just tons of, of doctors, of researchers, pharmaceutical companies are there. Um, so it was, it was very overwhelming. I, I would say that the best part for me was the connections, um, getting to hug people that I've known virtually for years, um, but meet them in person was phenomenal. Um, you know, in the NBC community, we all know there's those kind of pillars, those people who have advocates who have been around for a while. So being able to, you know, be in, in the presence of those people felt almost, you know, like a celebrity moment. It's like, it's like oh royalty. Gosh, yeah. Like, Oh, I've been following you for a while. Um, so <laughs> that was really, really cool. Um, I was there actually, because in May, um, I was selected to be one of, um, women that every year ESI, which is a pharmaceutical company, Metaviver Cancer Culture put on um, select women that come from all different walks of life, different stories with NBC, and they feature them in a campaign that runs all year. So they do pictures, they do video testimony. Um, it's this really cool campaign. If you search the has hashtag, this is NBC, you'll find it. So I was super honored, but this was where kind of our campaign stuff launched. So I got to see some of the pictures, my final pictures, um, as well as the other 11 women um, that I was with during that retreat and that that campaign um, shoot in May. So that's why I went. So it was really cool to see that. But more than that, I was able to connect with the company that makes the two drugs that I take. I got wow. to talk to them and it helps them. The one person that talked to us said, this is so cool for our researchers to be able to know that, you know, these drugs are keeping you NED or that you're living a fairly normal life like that. They don't get the people who are researching these drugs don't have patient contact. So seeing those stories and um, is cool for them too. So overall, it was a great experience. I think next year I'll be able to more focus too on going to some of the the presentations about research, um, things like that. But this one was really just connecting with other advocates and kind of taking it all in. So it was, it was awesome. Uh, that sounds absolutely amazing. I'm actually jealous. I'm hoping that maybe next year I can go with you or I can go to some, you know, future research uh, programs that you were just talking about, because I would love to be a part of that hundred percent. Heck yes. We will definitely go next year. This is coming from like my perspective. I know it's probably hard, you know, to surround yourself with all that is breast cancer and all that is metastatic breast cancer, but, you know, kind of piggybacking off, you know, last month's episode, it's bigger than us. So not only are you, you know, making these connections and the part that you told me about, like meeting with, you know, the pharmaceuticals that create the drugs that are keeping you like NED right now, that is 
beyond phenomenal. But the fact that you're educating yourself, but you're also taking what you've learned and educating those around you as well. And the biggest thing that we know is like education is power. The more that, you know, the more powerful you become and the more that you can pass that on to others. So just phenomenal in all avenues. Yeah. It was one of those things that to your point, it just, it kind of, for me, it reinvigorated me into like, it kind of reminds you of the hope that's still there to see these huge pharmaceutical companies, you know, all the big guys there, they all had boards that showed what is in pipelines, like onco pipelines for what they're testing. And just to see that like one company has five different drugs that they're currently testing for breast cancer. Another one has these. And to see that a lot of them are triple negative um, drugs. And there's this renewed focus on the the subtypes that are maybe less treatable or or have poor prognoses um that's awesome to me that that's great right because last episode we talked about survivor's guilt and a part of that is why did I get a subtype that responds well or that has more options and so being able to see that is just it kind of gives you that renewed hope not all those drugs will be great right we know that but it only takes one right (laughs) so it was cool. It was cool. Next year, we're going to have fun for sure. Yes. And like, considering I am triple negative, you know, just hearing the fact that these pharmaceutical companies are coming out with new drugs for my subtype and, you know, just sitting here and, you know, the statistics are God awful for triple negative, but you know, the fact that I've been on a working immunotherapy for the past three years, continuing to beat the odds and just knowing that if, and when I do need to go to another treatment, knowing that those treatments are arising gives me the most hope. So I I just really appreciate you saying that today because it just put the biggest smile on my face. That I mean, it did for me too, because it's it's cool. And my oncologist has always told me, you're not terminal until you're out of options. As long as there's another drug that can be tried, this is just incurable. And so as long as you're behind drugs coming out, that to me gives me hope that, okay, I have incurable mm-hmm. breast cancer right now, but I am not terminal. I am not terminal today. I am not out of options. Um, and that's, I, for me, reminding myself of that and then having the emphasis on the drug companies, seeing what they have is just, that's cool. It's cool. Science is, it's happening. I know that you and I could most likely talk about this for hours. But I would like to get into our episode today, which involves the very hard but honest truths around the holidays. So let me start with this. Yes, the holidays are merry and jolly and there's presents and good food and giving and laughter and so much family time. But the holidays can also sometimes come with a lot of like, how should I put this nicely? Baggage, if that's the correct word. So this time of year isn't always sunshine and rainbows for everyone. So whether you have a diagnosis or not, the holidays can be a troubling time. Life is hard. People face some tough shit, whether it's directly or indirectly. And we all know that mental health is not something, you know, that we should take lightly. And so the first thing that comes to mind is kind of piggybacking off of our last episode, just like the grief of losing someone, you know, how hard that must be to go through like during the holidays, like just going through the holidays without that one person and like grieving is hard. 
And I just can't imagine how many families around the world are mourning the loss of a loved one during the holidays. And of course, my heart goes out to you all, but this is just one of the many triggering things that can happen or feelings that can really bring you to an all-time low during the holidays. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think even taking it outside of of, you know, the cancer arena, we just went through some really difficult years as as a a planet, really, but you know, we lost people lost relatives without being able to ever say anything. Um, without being able to see them, without being able to say goodbye. Holidays like that, um, I think it is hard. It's hard. You don't, a lot of people didn't get to have a final goodbye. And a lot of people didn't know, you know, that 2019 was their last, you know, quote unquote, normal Christmas or Christmas with that loved one. And so that kind of does come over to the cancer side too, because it is unpredictable. We don't always know. And that's hard. That's hard to navigate that grief complicated by the pandemic because that that made it hard. I agree. And like, we can say that the heart of the pandemic was two and a half, three years ago and we've moved on, but you don't move on that easily. If you lost someone during the COVID times, like it's not as easy to just move on with your life. And so grieving the holidays is hard. And another hardship during the holiday might be, you know, complicated and strained relationships with family members. Family dynamics, they do tend to bring out the worst in us sometimes. And that could be another hardship that people are, you know, dealing with during this time. Yeah, I, that is, um, I think kind of unspoken too. I think there's societal pressure a little bit to, you know, have that miracle on 34th street, happy family, matchy pajamas, everything's fine. And that's just not real for so many of us. You know, I can speak to my own situation. This holiday season, um, you know, I'm spending the holidays with my extended family instead of my immediate family for that reason that, you know, sometimes things are complicated and and having boundaries um, to protect your mental health is paramount and having sometimes you got to make kind of hard decisions to have a happy holiday and it doesn't have to be out of anger or anything more than just it's just not the right choice then but there is that guilt of like, you know, society says Christmas morning, we all match in pajamas and open presents and, you know, sing Christmas carols around the tree. And that's not always, that's not always what happens. And that's okay too. Um, For the people who are going through that, that's, it's okay to have boundaries to protect your own mental health because it's hard enough. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's like, does it really need to be the picture perfect Christmas? You know, think about it. Like your depression and anxiety could also be heightened from, gosh, like even the financial burden of feeling the need to like buy presents that you can't necessarily afford, or even the stress of having that perfect hosting moment, the cooking, the cleaning, the hosting, just the, the high expectations. It's like, it's never ending. And it almost like sucks the, the magic out of Christmas because everybody's trying to reach these unattainable standards that kind of make you crazy all at the same time, you know? Right. And can we just talk about how that's, that all was happening pre- cancer, right? And then you add a cancer diagnosis into it. And now there's additional financial burden for so many with treatment. Um, We're reaching the end of the year. So cancer patients are trying to cram in scans and trying to get those last appointments under a MET deductible because it's about to start all over again. Um, And there's, there's the aftermath of cancer. I think for so many of us who, who look like we're doing well, 
we might set out with the best of intentions to do all day shopping and wrap presents and cook a full meal for our family. And you don't know how your post-cancer body's going to react. I, mine, hard stop. When it's done, it's done. And I'm, it's a fatigue that I have never known before in my life. And that's unpredictable. So there's that on top of it that you're like, I, I might think I'm going to do this and I might think I'm going to be the best. And then your body says, no way. Yeah. You know, it, it just having NBC takes it to a whole nother level, which I'm sure, you know, you can agree. Uh, it's, that's a lot to unpack. I mean, I don't even know where to start with this. I mean, you already have your pressures and your anxiety when it comes to the holidays and everybody has their layers and their levels and some worse than others. But when you're adding a metastatic breast cancer diagnosis on top of that, I mean, Let's talk all the things here. So the grieving aspect of it, but grieving what Christmas used to be like for us. I mean, if you think about it, you're grieving your life's course because it's changed drastically. You're learning to cope with this new norm while everyone else's life has stayed exactly the same. How do you even, how does one even work through that. And I feel it every single year it pops off. I'm like, okay, here's that feeling again. You know, Christmas feels different. I am different. I have been through hell and back. I've had experiences that completely changed me yet. I look around and nobody else has experienced that kind of life change. And so finding that balance and almost being like the black sheep of the family is so difficult. Do you have any thoughts on this? Do you feel the same? Am I kind of like alone with these thoughts? Like what are, what are your thoughts on that? I don't think you're alone. And I think anyone listening to this is probably just like me, just furiously nodding along. Um, that that's, that's it that, you know, pre cancer, even as an adult, Christmas had some magic and that nostalgia for me was happy nostalgia that, you know, how do you recreate that magic as an adult? What do you do as an adult? And it was still that Christmas is this magical time of year. And then post-cancer, especially, you know, an NBC diagnosis, um, that nostalgia can kind of lean for me towards sad. That magic is kind of tainted by the reality of cancer, cancer is, is really a smack in the face with, you know, having to really acknowledge that we all are not immortal, that it's not um, maybe, you know, the life you thought with Christmas years and years from now, looking a certain way is not really a guarantee anymore. And so you have to kind of like everything with NBC, you have to have both those feelings be able to sit together because they're both equally valid um the sadness and the happiness that is i think the dichotomy of emotion in mbc is just so prevalent in everything we do that happiness is always a little bit tempered by the reality of this disease um that we are reminded of constantly um with seeing our friends and our loved ones um, have progression, um, especially this time of year. It's yeah. it's hard. And so allowing yourself to feel all of those things 
for me is really helpful. Um, but it's there. It changes it for sure. Yeah. And girl, let me tell you, it's like, I am a big ball of feelings and I wish sometimes I just wish like I could desensitize myself, you know, and just like go sit in like a corner and just like be in my feelings. But it's like sometimes, so like, it's a little bit more difficult for me because, oh my God, is my birthday on Christmas. I don't know if I've ever shared that with you. Oh my gosh. No. Yes. So like, not only am I sharing my birthday with you know, like everyone, you know, while everyone's opening up their Christmas presents, but now I've got all of these damn feelings and it's like, everyone dreads getting a year older. And I'm like, no, I'm like, give me all of these freaking years. Like I am so thrilled to have made it to 34. I'm so thrilled to, you know, be able to celebrate another holiday. But at the same time, I mope around. There's probably like a good hour or two throughout the day where I am just in those feelings. And I just think about like what my family, like what this dynamic would be like if I wasn't here this year or like mixing the birthday blues with being so ecstatic that I've been given, you know, this opportunity to have another, another holiday with, with my loved ones. And I just like, I'm not kidding a big ball of feelings. And I just wish I could put myself in the corner. I do. And my family sometimes sees it. They like, like, I just, it's just like a weird, like I'll be laughing in one moment. And then like an hour later, I just like need a break to myself because I'm just in my feels. And it's like that all damn day. That's probably exhausting too. I think that's probably difficult to A, do that day, it sounds like. And it's understandable. I know exactly what you're talking about with not having the birthday, but with being like overstimulated and having things, whether it's a smell or a laugh or a memory or a joke that really brings it all back. And all of a sudden you're you're in your feels and it's just like riding the wave, but then I would imagine the days after are exhausting. That's exhausting for your body to recover (laughs) from that emotional roller coaster. And I joke a lot. I, so I, I have depression. I had depression before this. So this was just like, you know, some add a little spice with an NBC diagnosis (laughs) and spicy depression. And this type of year or this time of year is hard. It's for all the reasons we already talked about. And so being able to, to, ground myself to have good boundaries um but also to make sure that i'm taking care of myself whether that's more appointments with my psychologist whether that's adjusting dosages shout out to wellbutrin like all those things you know you got to do what you got to do to get through it Mm -hmm. so kudos to you for recognizing that it's okay to take a you know big tea time out it's good to have to 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 educate those around you i think for a long time i was afraid to say that. So I would get pushed until I was completely overstimulated. And then I was just rude and unfair to the people around me because I didn't use my voice. And so I think it's, it's good to, to help the people around you understand that, like, I'm going to go lay down. It's not personal. I just need to recharge my battery. My battery is different now than it was pre-cancer. Yeah. And Kate, that's the hardest part because nobody, regardless of how close they are to us, nobody fully understands what it is that we're going through. Nobody understands the weight that Christmas has nowadays. It's not, you know, everybody else is going along as it's just, you know, another Christmas, but 
to us and those that are experiencing a metastatic breast cancer diagnosis, it's just all around different. And it's hard to explain with words. And those that care enough to take the time to understand why their lives look extremely different than yours, then I applaud those people that want to take the time to educate themselves, to understand why we are feeling the way that we are feeling. And so I think that's that's what we need more of. We just need more understanding. And that also leads me to just like the large family gatherings with the unsolicited advice. You know, <laughs> I, you, yeah. I mean, all you can really do is laugh. Like, luckily I don't experience that. I know that when we kind of discussed this episode prior that you said that you actually experienced this quite often, which I, gosh, I feel bad that you have to experience that. But I also think like how many others have to hear and experience that, you know, at the Christmas dinner table. So I'm going to give this one to you. So I, I will start by saying I come from um, a big, 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 big family that we're not all very close anymore. Um, but, you know, through social media or, or comments, I've, I've had family members who have said things, um, family members, close friends who have said things that maybe the intent was good, but the impact was not. Um, I think uh, the one that was probably the most hurtful, and I, I, we see it in, in the cancer space being talked about is, you know, when you're sharing the frustration or this, the fear around, this could be my last Christmas. And the response is, well, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. Like everybody's oh. dying. Like that, that line mm. of, it's like, mm. correct. I think it's important for people to understand that you could hypothetically be hit by a bus. Your bus though is hypothetical. Ours is on our street. We just don't know how many stops it has. We can see our bus. That's the difference. Um, so yes, you could be hit by a bus. But again, you can't see yours. Yours is very hypothetical. It's just taking away from the hardship that we're currently experiencing. And that's not okay. Yeah, it's it's dismissive. And it all falls under that umbrella of, you know, think positive, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, just focus on X, whatever X is. Um, that That whole toxic positivity is so dismissive to anyone who's sharing a hardship that they're going through that's just not helpful because at the end of the day that mindset is not going to offset my emotion it's not going to be helpful um and to tell a cancer patient you know well I could be hit by a bus or just focus on the positive especially during treatment there's a lot that's not positive it's and it's okay that it's okay. We have to make it okay and safe to say, I'm having a really hard time. And those around us have to be there to say, I see you. I might not understand it, but I'm here. For how you. can I help you in this moment? Or sometimes say nothing. Just say, I hear you struggling and I don't have the right words. That is so much more loving yes. than, than something dismissive. Yes, that goes a long way. It does. It really, really does. I think the other one in line with Christmas is the, I can't tell you how many times someone has said that God gives his hardest battles to his strongest soldiers. Again, the intent I sh I'm sure is the, the utmost trust in the Lord. I get that. 
Um, and I've, over the two years that I've had this, I've come up with a response that usually doesn't, it usually shuts it down. And I will just say that the, I appreciate your sentiment. The God that I believe in would not give someone a terminal illness to test their love or their devotion. So that's your opinion. It's not mine. Um, and that ends it because that's how I feel that I don't think God tests people through terminal illnesses. I think this is just sometimes our cells go rogue um, and that's what happens and you make do with it. But I, I, I personally do not believe that that's how we're tested. So that one to me really, that always gets me. And the fact that you over the years have had to come up with almost like a rebuttal because of how much you have heard that. And that's what pisses me off. Intent does not excuse impact. That's, I constantly am, am reminding people of that. I've had to remind myself of that, that I may have said something insensitive or hurtful, that that wasn't my intent, but that was the impact. And for that, I need to apologize. I think the biggest thing for, you know, non-cancer patients is just to understand that sometimes just validation is the most helpful thing. We're not looking for medical advice. We're not looking for what your aunt's sister's best friend's mother tried um, that worked for her for leukemia. That's it's just not really helpful. <laughs> so it's sometimes just, just say you're really struggling. And for that, I am sorry. Like that is so much more loving and so much more um, helpful to us than unsolicited advice or or the diet coke causes cancer i don't know if you should be drinking that i will die on that hill leave me alone with my diet coke it's one of the few joys i have in my life i'm gonna send you a liter of diet coke for christmas you can love diet coke it's like my (laughs) one happiness i'm like leave me alone with a big red bow on it yes people stop telling cancer patients not to drink diet coke okay yes just leave us alone and let us do what we want okay Leave us alone. So the last thing that I kind of want to talk about is firstly, just being immunocompromised in general, um, especially during the holidays. I can only speak for myself, but I am just avoiding plans like left and right because COVID is running rampant and the flu is running rampant, but being immunocompromised makes it difficult and scary to socialize with a lot of people. You know, if we catch COVID or the flu, we are unable to receive treatment because of our low white blood counts. And so we are super dependent on these treatments because, well, you know, it's saving our lives. And so some of us aren't fortunate enough where we can just like take a break from treatment. And those that are fortunate enough you know, it's still kind of like messes up that consistent schedule that we've been on. And so our lives actually depend on those around us and whether or not they remain cautious and whether or not they choose to stay home and really, really put those before themselves. And in addition to that, then you throw in treatments and or scans during the holidays. So NBC patients, we cannot control when we have our treatments, like we are on a consistent schedule for life. Uh, This can even go for early stage breast cancer patients, you know, while they're undergoing temporary treatments that actually happened to me when I was diagnosed early stage, I went through all of my treatments and my scans and my double mastectomy all throughout the holidays. And it was tough. It was really hard, just kind of feeling like I was a burden and, 
you know, almost feeling like I was really putting a damper on the holidays. And I know my family never in a million years thought that, but like, sometimes you really get in your head. And so, you know, what happens if treatment falls on a holiday? Well, unless you are one of those very fortunate people who tolerate treatment fairly well, uh, you're most likely not going to feel well during the holiday. And that can cause a bunch of different things. It can cause you, you know, not to be able to travel to see family. It can cause you to not be able to eat the food that's provided or drink the things that you want to drink or just not want to socialize, not want to get out of bed because the side effects are so shitty. And so it's not easy. And I've been there. I've totally been there. Luckily, I'm fortunate enough where, you know, my side effects are to a minimum nowadays, but I do have to have treatment every two weeks. And so I do have a scan coming up on the 27th. And although I am very hopeful and I feel in my heart that it's going to be a really great scan, it's never fun. It's never fun to have that two days after Christmas. It's just not, or let alone for me, you know, two days after my birthday. And so that's a, that's a hardship for us struggling with NBC for sure. Not only for ourselves, but for our loved ones as well. Right. Because I, I have scans this month as well. I, I'm on the every three week. Um, and, you know, while you and I have talked about our, our treatments do allow us to live a fairly normal life. Um, they are not without side effects. And the longer that we're on some of these drugs, the more likely it is for those things to compound. And so for me, um, neuropathy, um, longer side effects, post-infusion, nausea, exhaustion, um, I have horrible skin reactions that make me incredibly itchy um, post-infusion that is becoming difficult to manage and is requiring additional treatments to manage those treatments. And um, I think sometimes when we are doing so well and we put on a brave face and we really push through, um, those things aren't always talked about, that um, it's it's hard when everyone is happy, everybody's celebrating, somebody made this amazing meal that you can't eat mm -hmm. uh, or something that you loved. Like for me, I love wrapping presents. I love a good theme. I like to just... <laughs> go big, looks like right out of a magazine, but with my neuropathy and my fingers, it's hard to do things like that anymore. And certain textures like ribbons and things like that are actually like painful to touch. Um, and I think a lot of non-cancer patients don't realize that, that even early stage people have lifelong neuropathy that does change just how you interact with things, how you hold things. Can you hold this type of ribbon? Can you touch this fabric? Mm -hmm. um, that's a big one that seems little until it you really think until about it's it. not yeah until yeah. it's not anymore mm -hmm. right right and and it's hard and I think for you and I, I talking about survivor's guilt talking about guilt cancer patients have a lot of guilt when we're dealing with stuff like this around the holidays there's the guilt of like am I ruining this for my family are they stressed because they're having to accommodate me or move um when we celebrate so that I can have treatment, but still enjoy my holiday. Um, it, it comes, it affects everybody. And, and then it, it does create some guilt that this is all happening because of me. I hate that so much that I, we should, that should be a whole nother podcast episode topic because I could 
go for hours talking about just sometimes like the guilt that comes with a cancer diagnosis, let alone during the holidays. It's just shitty. It is. It is. And I think you and I are similar in that, um, you know, being self-sufficient, being driven, being type A, this new life of relying on people and having to, for me, ask for help is fucking hard. It is hard because it feels like almost like a personal failure that like, I can't do this by myself or I can't be my best self. And is my friend or family going to be upset that I end up not being able to do something after all? And it's, it's a lot that we're balancing um, in doing that. It's hard. It really is. And we have been so fortunate that we've had really great scans, but you know, it's always in the back of my head, like, what if it's not good news? It's like, like this upcoming one, like, I know it's going to be great. I know in my heart, you know, God is protecting me. And I, that guilt, that upsetting your entire family during what's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. It's just so much weight on your shoulders. And there are so many people right now that are getting bad news on their scans and they're having to reiterate the news to their families. And it is, I mean, I had to do it twice and it was probably the two hardest moments of my life, just kind of telling my family what's going on with the bad news. And um, it's nothing that I wish upon anyone because the weight is suffocating. It's like a weight that you have never experienced before. And so my heart goes out to all of those people that are getting bad news this holiday season. And I just want to throw out there, give yourself grace. Know in your heart that your family is not judging you. That is the furthest thing that they are thinking. The only thing they're thinking about is you and how they can support you and be there for you. But I know as just a human in general, it's so easy to just tack on all of that pressure and guilt. And we just have to get better at not blaming ourselves for something that was not in our control. We didn't ask for it. It happened. And we are making the best out of our situation. And our families are there to support us. So we just need to remember that especially during the holidays. Yes, I I couldn't agree more. I think to your point there's a lot of internalized pressure that, you know, kind of turns into guilt and as MBC patients as as any chronically ill person the the biggest thing that I've learned that's been the most helpful for me is learning to set boundaries, learning to to be upfront with the people that love you and what you need or don't need. Um, you know, I think our bodies are, they get tired quicker than they used to. And so when you're doing a marathon of holidays, I think you said earlier that you take time out to rest. And I think letting people around you, nobody will be disappointed. If you say my battery's drained, I'm going to just take a quick nap so that I can be a better version of myself um, is just great communication, great boundaries. And it lets people who don't know what it's like to live in your body know that it's not them. You're not upset. You're not mad. You're just tired or you just need a break. 
Um, and that's the biggest thing I think that's helped me is, is setting those boundaries. Um, my favorite, one of my favorite authors, Glennon Doyle has a quote that says, if you're ever in a situation where the choice is disappointing yourself or disappointing someone else, you should always disappoint someone else. And not that your family would be disappointed, but the, the message there is choose you, choose you first, especially when it's your health and your your mental health and your ability to be present, choose you and your family, the people who love you will understand. I love that because we've just come full circle with what, you know, I announced in the beginning of the episode regarding Brittany, you know, she realizes she loves the podcast. She loves our very loyal listeners, but she knows deep down inside that she has to put herself first. And yes. so I appreciate you saying that. And I'm sure Brittany would really appreciate that as well. She is showing everyone that it is so needed to do that, that it doesn't mean she, she won't be back. Let's I'm putting it out there. She's going to be back better than ever. Um, and this will be 2023 is a little rough at first. And I just, I'm praying that it's going to change, but she's showing every listener and everyone who's come after her that has struggled through what we struggle with, that this is what you do. You say that this is me and I have to take care of me first before I can take care of others through advocacy. And that will always be the case in NBC. There will be those times where you have to step back because of something. And that's the right thing to do, right? You can't be a good advocate if you're drowning yourself. And so for her to step back and say, I need, I'm going to focus on me and my health so I can come back better is just, I'm in awe of her. That takes a lot of bravery. And she's just setting such an amazing example for the rest of us that this is exactly what to do. I could not have said that better myself. And I'm sure when she listens that she will have the biggest smile on her face. So from both Brittany and I, we really appreciate you saying that. Um, wow, what a great, great episode. So for today's takeaway, I would like everyone to remember that we're all different and everyone is going through their own hardships. If none of what we talked about applies to you, consider yourself very fortunate but even so, please remember that it's just not the case for many people. The best thing you can do is be kind to others because you truly don't know what anyone is facing internally. Check in on your people. Be kind to restaurant staff and retail workers. Remember that Christmas doesn't have to be picture perfect and that it can be whatever works for you whether that's cooking an immaculate dinner for 20 people or if it's going to the Chinese buffet with your immediate family. Yes. <laughs> Please also remember to take into consideration those that may be immunocompromised around you this holiday season. If you're feeling unwell, stay home for the greater good of your loved ones. That sometimes is the greatest gift of all. On behalf of the Living Our Breast Lives hosts, we want to wish our listeners a very happy, healthy holiday season and, of course, a happy new year. And as always, thank you for supporting and being loyal listeners. This is our very last episode of the year, and we are looking forward to a fresh start in 2023. So let's make it the best year yet. Yes. Amen to that. <laughs> Everybody look how far you came. 2022, you did it. You freaking did it. it. Congrats. Like let's, 2023 is going to be great, but be proud of yourself for getting here. What a freaking win. You are here. You are alive. You have a roof over your head, a beating heart. You have people that love you. 
you are doing the damn thing. So keep it up. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast, Living Our Breast Lives. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Living Our Breast Lives, where we will share podcast updates, special dates, educational resources, and of course, health updates for those following our NBC journeys. Have questions, comments, or anything else you would like answered on our podcast? Send us a message on Instagram. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And as always, choose kindness. Someone may look fine on the outside, but you never know who's actually struggling on the inside. Until next time, do not forget to live your breast lives. Mm -hmm.